This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Wednesday. Happy day before Thursday. Happy hump day. Happy we're almost to Fearless Roll Call. I'm so excited. Just all week I've been on a high. Great shows for you this week. We got another one uh, for you today. If you're looking at all this stuff on my desk, this tumbler, these are gifts. This tumbler, this Yeti glass, I think that's what these are called. They keep stuff real cold. Uh, this stainless steel glass, custom glass. Excuse me? This is the tumbler. This is the cooler. I'm sorry. I'm old. Thank you. <laughs> tumbler, cooler, uh, cozy, and this what this called? Cozy. They put them around the uh, any blanket, fearless. This has all been provided uh, by Logo Brands. You guys might want to check them out. They do all kinds of custom sporting wear goods. Logobrands.com. L O. Geobrands.com. Uh, anyway, for those of you that are rolling into Nashville and going to be with us uh, Friday night for the cookout, we got complimentary gift bags for you. It's going to include uh, a nice dog tag as well as we welcome you as full board, full board members of the Fearless Army. Same thing Saturday morning for those of you that have signed up uh, for the breakfast. We got Awesome gift bag for you. Everything you need so that you're fearless out. There's still time to sign up for the breakfast or the cookout. Go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Trust me, a little special access to me and the crew tour of the studio. Friday you come in. Uh, we're going to do a live show, the cookout show from 6 to 8. Uh, we'll be here eating, uh, having a drink or two of whatever, water, pop. You want a beer? That'll be here as well. Uh, we're going to do all that Friday. We're going to have a cookout on Friday. Great food. Good Ranches has provided us great food to cook out with. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do the show. We're going to do that from 5 to 9. Then we're going to turn around Saturday morning and have a breakfast. Those of you that have signed up for that, look forward to hosting you for breakfast, tour, get a little access to me and the contributors. We've got the gift bags for you. There's time. You can still sign up, fearlessarmyrollcall.com. You want to be here. You want to join us. We're very close to capacity, but we can still squeeze a few more in. Uh, so put, if you can only make it to the Saturday events at Rocket Town, love to have you. Uh, music's going to be great. Food's going to be great. Speeches are going to be great. We're going to inspire you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to stand as men. And we're going to go home better, men. So looking forward to all of that. Looking forward to today's show. The only thing we're disappointed about is that uh, Steve Kim's not going to be with us here in Nashville. Steve, uh, welcome back to the show, uh, as always. Steve, our, our number one guy. Uh, Steve, aren't you going down to Miami this weekend for some sort of well, is it Miami spring game? I changed my what? mind. What? I got other things to do. Things things happen in life. I'll be there for a game this year. But, uh, you know, things, things will happen. Mario Cristobal got it. We are rebuilding the program. Friday Night Lights, spring game. Get to see the new offense. Shannon Dawson, Lance Guidry, new defense. We're, we're going to be the surprise team of the ACC. Very excited about what Mario Cristobal is building down there in Coral Gables. So what you're telling me is you have no excuse for not being here in Nashville with us this weekend. Well, I got other things to do. You know, Joe Joyce is fighting on Saturday. Going to hang out with Coach Brown. He's going to fire up the barbecue. I'll be at the next one. 
I will be at the next one, whenever, whenever that is. I'll you know there. how many people have emailed me asking, is the Korean Cosell going to be here? Well, Almost as many people answer. that have asked me if Shamika's going to be here, and Shamika will be here. Yeah, uh, but you know what? But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That just builds anticipation for the second one. So now, so now it's like the rarity. It's like the sequel that's actually better than the original. So think about that. Marketing. It's what I do. It's what I do. You're, yeah. you're holding out. You, you've already heard. Did I already tell you? I, we have a pretty safe, strong commitment from Tony Dungy uh, to be at our second one. So oh. you're holding out for bigger names. Is that is that what is that what that is? You know what? I, I cannot wait to talk about the Tampa two with him. I I cannot wait to ask him <laughs> about some Warren Sapp stories. The old quarterback killer could be a bit of a grizzly bear, so I don't want to get near him, but I'm going to ask Coach Dungy, a man of honor and integrity. It's going to be a good time for, uh, for the second one, though, the sequel, which will have an equal. Yeah. We're not inviting you to the second one. So, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fine. You, you didn't fine. get in on the ground floor with us. You prioritized okay. at the time when I called and asked you, oh, I'm going to Miami spring game. The ticket's already booked, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to yeah, uh, stuff happened. Stuff happened. You didn't show up. All right, uh, Steve. Have you seen, and I know, I know uh, you don't like talking women's sports, but I, I say, Steve, this is how I have to cater. Steve's become such a diva. You guys have blown his head up so much <laughs> w- with all this positive feedback. I live with Steve King. Steve now dictates topics uh, that he wants to discuss. And so I'm like, okay, what do you want to talk about? Angel Reese and Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you didn't yeah. like to talk women's college basketball. But uh, your boy Shacked in a Fool is Shacked in a Fool. Let's watch the clip. Yeah. <sighs> She's probably the greatest athlete ever to come out of LSU sports. You heard it here first. Yeah. Man I, and I female. I love the competitive aspect. Male and female. Male and female. Yourself included. Yes. Because guess oh, what? Boy. She delivered. She delivered that package. See, a lot of us got the package, and we still got the package in our truck. She delivered that package. So, you know, it's a lot of names you can throw around, men and women, but she's probably the greatest athlete. Some people are going to exclude it to, to women athlete. I'm not doing that. She's the greatest athlete ever coming out of this because she got it done. Joe Burrow got it done a couple of years ago, but she's way more athletic than he is. So, you heard. <sighs> the greatest to ever do it. Joe Burrow, OBJ. Didn't Pete, Mar- Pete Maravich, Shaquille O'Neal. This pandering. The woman scored 15 points. 15 points. They're acting like she dropped 40. All right. For the record, for the record, I said on my show one last time we will talk about this subject because I was so outraged. (laughs) So this is on me. This is on me. Don't blame Whitlock. And you sneezing right there, two things. Number one, bless you. And number two, that's an allergic reaction to what was being said. Shaq is now the big pander. I mean, give me a break. And then the worst thing is, oh, did you hear what I said? Huh? Yes, yeah, Shaq, we're going to pat you on the head. You get your biscuits. Good grief. Not only is she, I mean, think about the history of the LSU athletic program. Bob Pettit, Pistol Pete, Shaq O'Neal. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to go there. I wouldn't even put her above Chris Jackson, Right. I wouldn't even put her above Tom Hodson, Rohan Davey, Dalton Hilliard, Warren Morris broke Miami's heart in the 1996 College World Series. I wouldn't put her over Wendell Davis, one of the best route runners I have ever seen. Wendell, if you're out there, you are you you're an all-time great. I mean, think about the great athletes, and let's just be honest, winning a national championship in any sport is a great accomplishment. But when you are the quarterback, like Joey Ballgame Burrow, and you put up one of the three greatest seasons ever of any college football player like you did in 2019, Joe Burrow is probably on top of that list. In fact, Clyde Edwards-Elaire is on top of that list. Uh, Jefferson's on top of that list. Uh, Jamar Chase is on that list. The pandering at this point has gotten out of hand. And Shaq, I get it. You had to do it. You had to like act like you really care, and you're an LSU alum. By the way, one other name I would put above Angel Reese. Shout out to everyone at Crenshaw High School, John Hot Plate Williams. 
It's a shame that you gained 150 pounds as a clipper, but you, my friend, are above her on that list. But anyway, I, I just it's unbelievable the amount of pandering that is going Didn't on. Didn't Big Baby play at LSU? Glenn Davis led them to a final four. Yes. Yes. So all of them, all of them are on that list. Eric Hill, good linebacker. Here's the, here's the thing about all this pandering they're doing to Angel Reese. And again, this is this whole matriarchal culture. It's all part of, it's why the manosphere has taken off uh, on these alternative media platforms is because everybody is doing this worship of, of, of women. But no one can remember. If you ask someone, hey, tell me a basket she made. What's her highlight play? Yeah. What's, what's it? Literally, she scored a bunch of putbacks, a few, a handful of putbacks. That's what she, that's what she did. You know what she's known for, Steve, on the basketball court? Taunting. Yeah. This is it. Taunting. That's that's her big moment. Taunting someone. You can't remember a shot she made. You a move. Go, go watch the tape. There were no moves. There was no catching in the low post. Drop step, anything. There was some putbacks of missed shots and taunting. That's it. That's what she's known for. And now she's the greatest at L- in LSU yeah. history. And Jason, one other last LSU Tiger great. I'd even put her below Albert Joey Bell, who got kicked out in about two years by Skip Bertman. So I, I, I get it. She might be the greatest female athlete, but to even compare. No is not being honest in any way. Uh, listen. What are the female Two girls doing? on that team outplayed her in the championship game. The one guard carried him the whole first half, and then another guard carried him the second half. The okay. woman did some putback. She's, I'm trying you to know, think, Jay, of, she's Charles Oakley. You know, Jay, the fact that you know this, and are so authoritative in your statement, I'm actually embarrassed for you. Can we know? All right, this is it now. This is the cutoff point. No more women's college basketball talk over that insufferably or uh, unapologetically insufferable individual. Congratulations to her. Let's move on. Let's move on. Jeez. Hold on. How are you going to say no more women's basketball talk when your second topic, Mr. I don't like talking about women, was, hey, uh, let's talk about Brittany Griner and her memoir. Well, I didn't know. That's, These all, that's are, what it's not, not one of mine, was it? I no, it's wrong. not. You texted it to me. You the texted Griner it to me. D- don't, the... don't run now. Steve, oh, <laughs> you're a hypocrite, mm-hmm. man. And Thank you. <laughs> once I put Steve, and this was, this is like a strategy. I was like, oh, here he comes with this diva. I don't want to talk about women. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, let me put the ball <laughs> in your court. You tell us. <laughs> tell us what you want to talk about. Um, and he figures right. out, oh, these topics actually work because people are interested in it. No, and not. because I'm t- there's a battle of the sexes going on. Brittany Griner is writing a memoir to recount mm. the unfathomable imprisonment in Russia. Who's going to buy it? I mean, who, who's the audience for this book? Who, who, who's buying a oh. book about Brittany Griner? That's a great question. I think the same audience that didn't buy Jamel Hill's book. I mean, seriously, I remember one time Jamel Hill, I, some, someone sent me a tweet where she said, hey, I'm, I'm putting a signed autographed copy of my book here uh, for anyone that wants it. And I think 18 days later, I think the custodian staff just put it in the trash. No one picked it up. Um, I, I've got great sources. Let me tell you what happened to me. Honest to goodness. I parked my car outside of my parking garage Mm-mm. and I Uh-oh. came out. I think this was like a month ago and I came out. And my window was broken, and someone had put Jamel Hill's book inside uh, my car and left. That is a crime. It's a terrible crime. <laughs> that that is a crime. That 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 is theft and vandalism. So I, yeah. I, I I got some sources in the publishing world, being the uh, highly acclaimed author that I am, and I've gotten the cliff notes for this book. So I'm going to save everyone time. Here it is. Uh-huh. I broke the law. I smuggled drugs, and I got jailed. And then a terrible trade was made on my behalf. That's the book. That's it. The end. Close it and give it back. That's it. And if you really want to read the book, wait about seven, eight months after it's released. 
It'll be on that discount bin at Walden's Books. Remember those? For like $2.99. So save yourself the money and time. But folks, I just gave you the clip notes. Do you think any of it will be a bit of a romance novel with perhaps some inside information on her love life? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I will say this. I want to say the most interesting part about that book might be if she delves into her relationship with her former coach, Kim Mulkey. Because I give, I give Coach Mulkey credit. She didn't pretend like they had a great relationship. She didn't act like she really cared all that much. She didn't try to pretend that, oh, my God. All my thoughts and prayers, because those are always important, right? Thoughts and prayers are with her in Russia. I actually really respect the fact that Coach Mulkey just said, eh, she's expendable. She did it to herself. I got a game to play. Because quite frankly, she just seems, just looking at her body language and her facial expression and the things that I've, I've heard about her, oh, she God. seems like. Who put that of- picture up? That's a fireable offense. Ugh. Who put that picture? Oh, my Not God. Me. If, right. If, if I find out that's Hadley, he's toast. Did, <laughs> yeah. I, they're in my. They're saying Hadley's responsible for this picture that it actually sits on his desk in his in his office at the nursing home. Uh, Hadley, you're in trouble. Get that off screen, please. Well, this but, is a family uh, show. Again, I would like to see what her thoughts are on her former coach who was gutsy enough just to say, look, she played for me. I guess I'm thinking about her. I wish her the best, but did not try to make any more of their current or past relationship. Uh, She was very authentic about it. And that in itself, in my view, in today's world, is an act of courage. I agree. You guys know I'm a Kim Mulkey fan, even though I don't like the way LSU behaved. Uh, Steve, You know, we love to talk uh, broadcasting here, particularly ESPN broadcasting. Uh, There are, listen to these names. Listen to these names. The Sports Emmys, the 44th Annual Sports Emmy Awards were announced, and I think this is the category for, yeah, Outstanding Personality Slash Studio Analyst. Charles Barkley, Jay Mm. Billis, Nate Burleson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smith, Tom Verducci, and Ryan Clark. Hmm. Ryan Clark. They, the sports, the Emmys, fine. I mean, th- this ain't, this is an Oscars or, or Emmys too black here of the candidates. Let's one, two, three, four, five. Five of the seven candidates are brothers. All, everybody from the TNT crew <laughs> is, on, is on this list. But Ryan Clark sticks out the most to me. I just, I don't get it. I've never heard anybody say Ryan Clark was good, profound, outstanding. I I just, I haven't heard that, but maybe I just got a a bone to pick with Ryan. Your thoughts? Jason, very simply, this award should just be called the Charles Barkley Award. Name it after him and don't ever nominate him again, because as far as I'm concerned, as, as long as he's on the air, pencil that in. This is like the 80s when Wayne Gretzky would basically win the scoring title every year in the NHL literally for like 12 years. Charles Barkley has so far separated himself in terms of personality, entertainment, honesty, and for the most part, having as much integrity as he's allowed to have, although he's had to bend on certain issues, he sets the bar. He sets a bar that nobody can match. Even on his worst days when he's in a bad mood, doesn't want to say anything, he is still that much better than anybody else. In fact, he's one of the rare announcers that I believe, and I've said this to you before, he's more entertaining than the games that they cover. As for crying Ryan Clark, this seems like a participation award. They want to fill boxes, and uh, he fills it. He has the right persona. He has the right social and political views. So he is nominated. That's what this is. Oh, you you got Ryan Clark at a 35 and a dumpster fire, I see here. On the approval rating, I can't. I filled mine out this morning. I, I, I'm sure I got him in a dumpster fire, but maybe a little bit higher. The oh, I got it. Do I got him at 39? Yeah, yeah. All that crying, they're they're rewarding the woke. That that that's all this is. Yes. Is Ryan Clark is the wokest race card playingest of 
Yeah, I think anybody on this list, he's the, and that's why he's up for the award. He plays the race card and he's woke, and he cries. Right, right, and it, I guess Verducci is now the token. You know, all right, just get a white guy that doesn't try to be woke. I mean, Billis, Billis, try, you Jay know, Billis. Billis is okay. But again, name that award after Charles Barkley, and that means he can't win it. Put his name on the trophy, and let, let, let's see who's the second best personality by a wide margin, by the way, because it is not close. Uh, finally, Steve, you and I and uh, Anthony and Shamika all went to go see the movie Air. I'm going to talk about it with you first. Anthony and Shamika are going to follow you, follow you uh, in afterwards. Uh, I've talked about this a little bit, I believe, yesterday uh, with someone on the approval app, Christian Basic. I've already given my opinion. I think I, I, the movie was fine, not good by my calculation. I didn't like the way they made Michael Jordan's mother the mastermind and how yeah. she totally uprooted the shoe system. She, she, oh yeah, my son's gonna get a percentage of every shoe sold. She was, she masterminded it all. I thought it was, you know, the Woman King part two. Did you enjoy the movie Air? I did, and again, I'm someone that's very partial to Michael Jordan. I thought it was well done. A couple of notes, but I, first of all, I agree with you. I think they made Dolores Jordan into the Woman King. And, and you know, the one thing that I, I noticed that I really stood out to me when we watched The Last Dance from 2020, which is timeless, I thought Michael's mother was a delightful individual. Like, incredibly likable. Just the all-American mom. I still remember that part where she talks about Michael as a freshman at UNC writing a letter, letter basically saying, hey, mom, hope everything. And the last line is, Michael said, dear mom, send stamps. I just like, if someone said to me, Steve, Michael's busy. He's not going to ever have lunch with you. But you could spend an hour and a half or two talking with the mother and just asking her questions. I'd actually say, you know what? She seemed like the type of person that would be fun to be around. They didn't really portray her like that. I, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, let's be honest. Michael Jordan's father ran that household. It was a great partnership. It was the all-American family. There's so much to admire about that whole nuclear unit. And this whole notion that somehow she came up with the plan is not true. David Falk was highly instrumental in how that thing... In fact, I've seen a lot of stuff on this. David Fox said, I made a mistake in that deal. I should have said, pay Michael Jordan $1 guaranteed and let's go 50-50. He's the one who came up with it. Now, the mother, Dolores, gets credit for telling his son, the son, we're going to make a commitment. You owe this to yourself and to David Falk to go to Beaverton, Oregon. So that cannot be understated. But this whole notion that she's now running over numbers and look like that's not true. Come come on. And then here's the other thing. Um, Sonny Vaccaro, who I want to talk about, has actually admitted I, he didn't really go meet with them in Wilmington, North Carolina. He made a phone call. But did they have a face-to-face -face where he ran up on their driveway? Again, Hollywood poetic license. I get it. I know people are still upset at me for my Creed 3 review because I kept it more real than anyone. couple things here. I, I wrote some notes, um, very detailed. I love Sonny Vaccaro. He's one of those guys that when he was on the radio, Jason, and he used to be on with the Loose Cannons, Chet Forty and Steve Hartman, which was the big show out here in Southern California. Didn't matter what I was doing or if I had an appointment. If he came on the radio for a segment, I would listen in my car because I felt like I know basketball now. I know what's going to happen. I know the inside stuff. I know the culture. Matt Damon did a good job. But Jason, he looked nothing like little Sonny. I just kept thinking to myself, wait a minute, Matt Damon? Wait a minute, this guy became a waspy white guy? Not a, that short little Italian guy? I really thought they would have been better off getting Joe Pesci or Danny DeVito, or if you would have still, if you want to go a little bit bigger and he's no longer alive, but getting a guy like James Gandolfini. Matt Damon just did not look anything like the real Sonny Vaccaro. Uh, the other thing, the Chris Tucker character. Is I Al Pacino too old to play that role? 
Could they have put yeah. makeup on and made yeah. Al Pacino look young enough to play that role? I don't know. I don't know. But, I, I mean, when I think of Sonny Vaccaro, I don't think of Matt Damon. The other thing, I know you didn't like the Chris Tucker character that, that, that played one of the execs at Nike. I'm kind of with you on that. I didn't have a problem with the character. I just thought they made him like a buffoon. Maybe he is. And Michael must have insisted that he be in and must have been good with the guy being portrayed as a buffoon. Yeah, you know, so every time he's on screen doing what he did, I expected Jackie Chan to burst in and do a karate chop. I, just, I couldn't get out of my mind, okay? <laughs> and the other thing that I really loved, how they went back to the, the time of 1984, I respected the fact that, like, the 7-Eleven font and the Slurpee logo and the other things, they actually did a really good job of having good detail on that. It felt and looked like 1984, even had a Mr. Miyagi reference. I'm not sure, sure the timing was right because that movie came out in June of that summer. The other thing, did you ever think, Jason, in 2023, you'd see a movie that devoted five minutes to dinner bell Mel Turpin? I mean, the sports geek in me, I was like, oh, my God, Mel Turpin. I mean, that's the guy that literally ate himself out of the league in about a year and a half. And they also talked about Terrence Stansberry, who was famous for doing a running 360 in the dunk contest. Couldn't play ball at the next level, but he was always pretty good for coming in fifth place in the slam dunk contest in I the late I think my 80s. Pacers drafted Stansberry. They did, out of Temple. And yeah. I want to show you something, Jason. This is funny. As someone who is a big Jordan brand fan, I have bought at least five figures worth of Jordan brand stuff from shoes, shirts, um, not shirts, but slides, sweats, sweatsuits. This is actually something that I bought a couple of months ago. This is, I believe, the Retro 11. Do you know it's the first pair of Jordans I've ever bought in any form? And I didn't even know they were Jordan. I thought they were Jordan brand shoes. I'm at the Montebello, the shops of Montebello buying my new ensemble, you know, because Fearless pays me so well, I got to update the look. So anyway, I'm buying a bunch of this new Jordan stuff, sweats, sweaters, shirts, and I see this shoe and I'm thinking to myself, you know, what? I like this. Now, I thought it was a Jordan brand shoe, which is different. So the first time I wore them, someone said, man, those are nice kicks. I like those Jordans. I said, they're Jordans. It was part of my charm. Now, in terms of the slides, the slippers, I'm like Imelda Marcos. I mean, I, I probably bought so many different versions of them, all sorts of colors. They look like Garanimals because you match them. It's an amazing brand, Jay, and that's why I like the move. Do you know that's still the highest-selling shoe every year? The guy's been retired. No doubt. I've never the, owned a pair of Jordans. Yeah. I've never owned a pair of Jordans. Not and, and I just read recently that a certain old pair of Jordans that were worn by Michael and that was featured in The Last Dance, this is the power of that shoe. It went on an auction for $2.2 million. Jason, I think that's one of the things that really kills LeBron, that as great as he is, and I think he's one of the greatest that ever has been, regardless of his politics or whatever he's done, I think he's on that Mount Rushmore, that the Jordan brand and Air Jordan, the whole culture around it, LeBron's never been able to come close to it. I can't even name you or, or even recognize a LeBron shoe. But there are certain shoes of Jordans that I know, and I'm like, that's a Jordan shoe. You could just tell. And I still remember, uh, Jason, me and you are kind of around the same age, when those Mars Blackman commercials were made around the third, fourth, and fifth version of the shoe, those were commercials you never turned off. I mean, it was like a television show unto itself. And, and one thing I really liked about the movie, a nice little small touch, is at the end, the credits actually started – with the Michael Jordan Gatorade commercial. And I tell you what was interesting, Jason. Uh, I went to the theaters at LA Live Sunday at about, I think, six o'clock. There's a pretty good amount of people. When that commercial started to run with the credits, I would say 90% of that audience actually stood around to watch the commercial. And as we're walking out of the theater, and this is how much of a cultural impact this whole brand has had, I just started to look and see people. A lot of people had Jordans on. They either had Jordan apparel, they had the sweats. I had the slides and the sweats. A lot of people had the shoes. It really is almost like a religion, the whole Air Jordan brand. I spent a lot of time at that theater. I used to live at the Apex building. could walk to that theater yeah. uh, quite a bit. So anyway, Steve, good review. You've got it rated at an 80. 
you had a lot of criticisms, in my view, for something you got rated at an 80 overall. Yeah, it's uh, Jordan. It's Jordan. I, I the, the shoe was special. You gave everything a 20. You're still using these round numbers. Everything. I'm the anomaly. I'm the Asian. I keep my math simple, okay? But I just the, – the, look, I actually think they did a good job despite, I think, not – being completely- Despite never seeing Michael Jordan only getting the back of his head, despite his dad playing virtually no role in the movie other than being a simp and sitting there smiling. and just, it, 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 Well, that uh, kept it from being 100. That kept it from being 100. <laughs> By the way, my favorite Jordan commercial from the uh, first year, they showed Michael Jordan, and it was a black and white, and there's a narrator saying, this shoe is so dangerous and so good. The NBA banned it, and they took two black boxes right over here. Boom, boom. It's the greatest marketing campaign that has ever been, and in my view, the Air Jordan brand is really the epicenter of the whole sneaker culture, the shoe heads. And uh, it's the holy grail of shoes, these things. And I'm not even a guy that does it. I have one pair. I'm never going to buy another one. Uh, but I can appreciate what it's meant to the sport of boxing and American culture. Thank you, Steve. Great job as always. Uh, we may see you tomorrow, maybe not. Uh, send me your feedback. Send us your feedback. Fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Shmig Michelle, Anthony Walker going to come up next. Don't forget, I forgot to say this, you better be hitting those likes. You better be on Apple giving me that five-star review. Uh, we're going to have a little more Fearless at the Moody next. It's my obligation on hate discrimination raising up your hands for freedom. Atheists, the secular world, the culture uses our imperfection, our sins to take, shut up. You, you're, you can't stand on truth. And if all it was was imperfection, it eliminated us from standing on truth, this would be a very quiet place. I'm trying to be as loud as I can and as transparent as I can to try to inspire other men. We know you're imperfect, you know you're imperfect. God's grace and mercy, mercy gives you the right to stand on his truth and to speak that loudly into the culture, and we, we have to do that. You can look around and say, these guys have taken over everything. They own the CDC, the NIH, they got the president. Is transgender surgery for children? Colleges today are nothing but leftist indoctrination centers working fully against the Bible. What's the alternative? So you're gonna stop fighting today and you're gonna let the government raise your kids? And you're gonna turn around and let them chop off your 12-year-old daughter's breasts and let them sterilize your son and tell him that he's a girl? And you're gonna let them make the Bible hate speech? You're the last line of defense here because nobody else is gonna do it and God's gonna walk with you. This is literally worth dying for. Absolutely. I'm telling you, so it's like everybody, it's a nice little metaphor. This is it. If there's a hill to die on, this is it. The Overton window has been moved right in front of our children's bedrooms. And there are all types of people that are trying to climb up in the ladder and every good father should be on his post so that when they peek their head up over the, the window sill, you kick the ladder back down, let them know you, you move on to the other house because we're not playing that around here. Sometimes just standing up, just saying no, we're not going to do that. Not my marriage, not my kids, not my family, not my community, not my church, not my city. Just declaring that, that's victory enough in prepping his disciples, he tells Peter, he's like, listen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. We're gonna face some ups and downs in life and we're not gonna always get it together. But if we stay on the path, if we stay chasing after, running after Jesus, running after his way, he's even praying for us. Now, I, I like it when you pray for me, Jason and TJ. I appreciate that, but to have Jesus pray for me, that makes me feel pretty good. When you make it through this sifting process, go back and strengthen your brothers. So we all have a responsibility as men. Once he's delivered me through this, I have a responsibility to go back and bring some other folk out. You do a roll call to just let people know you're not alone, be confident in your positions, and we're gonna inspire you. We're gonna eat, fellowship, listen to some music. It's gonna be the first of many roll calls that we do. So we're looking for soldiers. We're gonna put on our best uh, recruiting pitches for soldiers.
This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to keep the fearless at the movies uh, rolling. Pastor Anthony Walker in studio with us. Round of applause. Uh, Shamika Michelle, live from North Carolina. We'll go ladies first. Shamika, uh, your thoughts on the movie Air. Jason, overall, I thought it was a decent movie. I can say as someone who's never owned a pair of Jordans, I don't care. You know, like how the sneakers came to be. I'm only even calling them sneakers because I'm on this show. Otherwise, I would be saying tennis shoes and people in the comments would be saying tennis shoes are for playing tennis, you know. So I'm just not a real big sneaker fan. I, I do agree with you, though. I didn't like the way they portray his dad. I've never really looked at him as this bumbling idiot. You know, the way he was working on the car and just said, I'll be right here if you need me. You know, I didn't like that because he always came across as if he had so much swag and it seemed like Michael really respected him. And so I didn't like the way they did that as they do every movie nowadays. And of course, it just seems like anything with Snotola Davis leading it is just kind of what you're going to get regardless of what the movie is about. So I didn't like that part, but I can tell you, Jason, I also didn't like the way they portrayed Michael. I didn't like the fact that he was barely in there. And to me, it made him come across as a mute. And I think I've told you this before. My mother worked in, in uh, sports medicine at Carolina during those days. She actually, you know, went out with Sam Perkins as well. And so I never thought of Michael as this quiet, standoffish, kind of, you know, didn't have much to say person. He was always charismatic, always smiling, always friendly. And so I didn't like the fact that they didn't even give him any type of opinion. Like when he first saw the shoe, was he excited? You know, what did he have to say about the fact that he was getting this shoe made just for him. And so that was kind of my problem with the movie, that the way they portrayed Michael is, even as a child, that's not how I remembered him. And so I wish they would have brought more of his personality to the movie, because we just didn't get a chance to see that. Mm, I love that. <laughs> love the rating of a 64. I'm a little lower at 57, but... The, 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 I think you raised some very good points in terms of they made Michael seem inconsequential in one of the biggest business deals in the history of sports. Mm -hmm. It was, oh, it was his mama. Mm. She was the mastermind. And that, that to me is the message to black men. Daddy, stay out of it. Boy, I got this. Mama's going to take care of it. That's why I didn't like, that's, that's why I'm so low on the movie. I would guarantee you, if they had any other actress to play his mom, your points would shift a little bit. You got, you got a little something with Viola Davis. You compared it to Woman King. She, yeah. she, was in, she was in Woman King. If they pick somebody, let me give you, let me give you mine before I get yep, you off. Yep. So I prepared for this movie. I, I knew most of the facts. I followed it, looked it up knew a lot of what was going on, know some of the controversy behind it. So I knew what I was expecting when I got this. Overall movie, I think it was really good. Um, the, the knocks, the criticisms that I have against the movie, uh, I didn't like that they didn't show Jordan. But when you listen to why they didn't show him, Ben Affleck, the director, he said, number one, Jordan is the most recognizable athlete. Even his silhouette 
is recognizable. So his presence was enough in the movie. Secondly, if you got anybody close to his likeness, everybody's going to say, oh, that's not Jordan. That's not Jordan. You're going to go through the whole movie. That's not what he, that's not, that's not him. So he said that he wanted to make the movie about the story and not about Jordan. It's not a documentary about his life. This movie covers probably a month's time and really hones in on a weekend. So I get that. As it relates to his dad, Jordan himself would let you know as far as his image, his likeness, his presentation, his mom was at the forefront of that. That's Jordan's mouth. So I, I got to go. If that's what he says about his mama, that's what he says. Now, as far as his basketball skills, his practice, the presence of his dad in his life. I mean, he tells you in the last dance he could hardly play if his dad wasn't there. So his dad being there in those ways, I'm sure. But you're looking at images of his dad in a weekend. And I don't know without his dad here, without Jordan saying if his dad had a lot to do with the business and image dealings. But I do know from Jordan's mouth, his mom played a major role. I felt like I've, I've looked into this pretty good. Okay. And if, if even at the end of the movie, when they showed Jordan talking about his mom in mm -hmm. real life, yeah. it, it wasn't about business acumen. It wasn't about that aspect. If there's video of Mike on tape talking about his mama in that aspect, then I'll buy it. We just, I didn't know this, Steve Kim just informed us of this, and, and I used to be friends with Sonny Vaccaro, and used to talk okay. to Sonny Vaccaro all the time, but the, Steve Kim pointed out that Sonny Vaccaro has said in interviews, he never went to the house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's a decision to show Mike's father He's out working on a car. Gotcha. And mama comes around the corner. Who's out here? Like, again, it's almost like she was the man of the house. And he's, baby, it's blah, 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 blah. And I'll be out here, baby, as if he needs me. You goes ahead and handles that business. I'll be out here working on the car. <laughs> let me, let me. And, and then Howard White. Mm -hmm. They made this man look like a complete clown, including the biggest meeting in Nike history, he shows up late, and Michael Jordan's daddy's like, hey man, you're the only black man in this meeting, and you late? And, and for everything I read, Howard White, who is Jordan's Maverick Carter, BFF, right. Right. Elevator right. Jordan insisted that they put him in the movie. The original script, the guy wasn't in there. Right. And so when they put him in the movie, they put him in a clown suit. They get a comedian to play him, and, and the comedian plays more Chris Roll, Chris Rock, or not Chris, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. He plays that role. And, and look, that may be who Howard White is. I, that, that, that may be accurate. Yeah. Uh, but my God, so when I'm, I'm sitting here watching this movie, Mike plays no role in this incredible business deal that changed the entire shoe industry. His daddy played no role. Howard White played no role. Uh, the white folks show up at the meeting. Where's Howard? We just ha had the meeting last night. We're handing it. He ain't there. And so it was a bunch of white guys and Mike's mama. And, and it's off-putting to me. Very off-putting. <laughs> I'll get in if Shamika wants to add. I'll get in in just a sec. Shamika, go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree. It just seems like there were things missing. I'm sure there was conversations between all of them. Like, did the mom talk to the dad? Did they talk to the agent? You know, this idea that they presented, presented that this woman just came up with this all on her own. I mean, did she pray about it? I mean, we didn't see any of that. It was like Good she point. was just this mastermind that came up with this all on her own with no conversation, with anyone else. And so I just felt like they could have done a better job to give us a more realistic look at how this looked at the time when this came about, because this was a really big deal. If it was such a shoe contract that actually changed the way shoe contracts were done and shoes were made, I'm sure that there was more conversation about it and how it was going to go down than what they showed. And so for me, I didn't like like that I think Michael even being young 
would have had more to say in reference to it. And we just didn't get to see any of that. James Jordan, Mike's dad, my father's name is James. We called him Jimmy. Uh, they were the same person. Golf, uh, out in the streets, quite honestly, that, that was James Jordan's reputation. The, the, when he got killed, there was first no initial alarm because uh, it would have been his custom. He might disappear for 24, 36 hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This guy was, and I remember as a kid, when, when it was going on and it was such a big deal, Mike and his dad, my father saw himself in James Jordan, had his little group of friends, hustlers, guys that went and played golf and the little, there's these little black leagues and tournaments that go on around in little communities. They travel to, have some cocktails, blah, blah, blah. My father, no, and my father didn't graduate high school, but he's very smart, but even at that, there's no major deal that's gonna go on with me. I'm like, where Osby's out here as babies if just needs me. <laughs> just and and you know. Anyway, I'll yeah. I'll let you have a final say. So this movie was, from my perspective, about Sonny Vaccaro and the pursuit of Michael Jordan. Now this deal was a major deal that shifted everything in sports. Uh, the uh, other guy who was played uh, marketing as it relates to it, the first time that you're gonna market a shoe from a team sport around an individual player and it was based off of Jordan's game. I think that's the downfall in athletes now that they come into the game preoccupied about the business, the shoes, the uh, you know deals and all of this, whereas Jordan was preoccupied with his game and the business came later. And so that was actually what got the deal, not his charisma, not his, but it was his game. So it was, it was, I saw it as about Sonny Vaccaro and the pursuit of Michael Jordan. So yeah. here's what I think, just my instincts about the time we're living in and what Hollywood does. The truth is Sonny Vaccaro and David Falk put this together, the agent. Hollywood sitting there saying, man, if we just make a movie where white Jewish dude David Falk, Italian white dude Sonny Vaccaro, they put this whole thing together. Oh, we can't, we'll look racist. Somebody's gotta be a hero. Mike's mother, she did this. She's living, James Jordan is dead. If I had a chance, my father's dead. If I had a chance to make a movie now, that celebrates my mother, makes her look like she walked on. I'd do it and be like, "Daddy, you know, you're, you're gone. <laughs> next, we'll get you next movie." Uh, <laughs> and that's what, what did. Mike's very good. Who wouldn't want their mother to be portrayed that way? I think he's very good with that. I don't blame him for that. But but for me, it was just off-putting because I'm just tired of every Hollywood movie making me, us, black men, just look. Insignificant. Jason, you had 10 episodes of The Last Dance. That's not a movie. Did we, it's, it's way more than a movie. It's about 10 hours about of footage. It was about Michael Jordan. Basketball. And it was about his life. It's about men. Well, it's about him on the court. It's about me. It's, last Dance was about him on the court and winning championships. The Last Dance, it was about, this is about business. You've seen The Last Dance? Yeah. Did you see all the footage of him playing baseball? Did you hear about all the stories about him and his father and how his Athletic. dad was? Okay. Athletics. Okay. Athletics. Again, I get, but when it comes to here, no credit. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. You can shoot, you can dribble, you can swing a bat, you can run the football, but, and, and, and the truth, the reality is, I'm t David Falk did this. He, he, the guy was brilliant, and he did this. But they, they didn't. They gave him a little bit of credit. He's the first to say Air Jordan. He's a hard negotiator, or whatever. He's got. He made a bunch of money off Jordan, so he's good with it. You want to make a movie that makes Michael Jordan's mama the hero? Have at it. No problem. I made so much money off Mike. No problem. All right. <laughs> All Shamika got to let you go. Got to get some Tennessee harmony in. We're a little tight for time today, uh, so we got to let you go. Uh, Virgil Walker, Tennessee Harmony. Next.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Time for a little Tennessee Harmony. Uh, Anthony Walker, Virgil Walker here with us. Anthony, uh, bless the conversation, please. Father God, we're thankful for today and all the blessings you've given us today. Help us in every way, Father, to be a light, to reflect the light of your glory on everything that we say and do. We're thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, have you guys seen the viral video of the Dalai Lama uh, kissing a young boy? Uh, let's watch a clip. <laughs> Elsa, my tongue. I had to, I didn't even know what the Dalai Lama I've heard of. I, I didn't know what he did. Anthony, you had to explain that to me. Uh, maybe there's people in the audience that don't know, but what is the Dalai Lama and, and your reaction to this? He is there. He is Buddhist, uh, kind of like their pope. He is the supreme spiritual leader within the Buddhist uh, faith. Um, but in addition to that, he is the one that so many people go to when they have their breakdowns, all these celebrities and a lot of Hollywood. Let's go look to him. A lot of world leaders, et cetera. So my first reaction to this obviously is disgust uh, and it's disgust because there are people in the audience, people in the space that are looking at this and no one else is alarmed. No one's there in protecting this 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 child. Um, but then I go back to the word. Uh, Paul tells Timothy that in the last days in first Timothy three or four, uh, he says that in the last days, you'll see some things like this. You'll see uh, religious systems that will forbid men to marry. And so when you look at uh, these monks uh, in their spiritual faith of Buddhism, you look at, you know, Catholicism to a great degree, their uh, priest and things like this are forbidden to marry. And you also see how they tend to have issues with sexual immorality and especially with kids. So when I see this, it's like, where is the response from all those people who are followers of the Dalai Lama? All these celebs that go to the Dalai Lama for their um, spiritual advice. Who's coming out to say, man, I I appreciate what he said, you know, to me a couple of months ago, but this is horrendous. Virgil, uh, your reaction, and I, I, you're really putting the pieces together for me, Anthony, in terms of connecting the dots in terms of Hollywood and, you know, people get accused, of, oh, you're a QAnon person when you say, hey, look, there's some kind of sexual pedophile, sexual ring, go Epstein Island, that's where my head goes like, and they're all in on it. And that's what I, I didn't realize, because I don't follow, but I hear Royce always talk about these Buddhists, whatever, and he's very critical. And it's like, now I get it. But Virgil, your reaction? Yeah, well, the, 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 the religious faith of, of Buddhism is, is nihilistic, uh, meaning that they don't believe in God at all. Uh, there's no deity from that standpoint that they hold to or adhere to. So there's no moral code or standard. It's a, it's a religion that, that really is reflected in uh, the, the absence of any joy or enjoyment. Uh, the idea that, that really all the things that are of this world are, are sufferable uh, and that the more and more we could give up those things, the better off we are. So to the, to the point that Anthony made earlier, um, you know, a lot of celebrities love this, right? Because they can have, quote unquote, spiritualism uh, separate and, and, and apart from 
any kind of direct connection to God, at least the sovereign God of the universe, the, 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 the biblical uh, God that, that we worship. Uh, they can kind of create their own um, buffet, if you will, of, of different ideas and, and different um, systems and different spiritual, you know, spiritualisms uh, in an effort to feel like they are indeed a part of something special. So that's what the Dalai Lama represents. Um, what I witnessed was, was so, so absolutely disgusting. Uh, I can't imagine being in the crowd and applauding that. Uh, the Dalai Lama needs to be, be brought up on charges. Um, he, he needs to be investigated. If this is what he's comfortable doing uh, in, a, in an open space, uh, then really what we need to be finding out is what's happening to children behind the scenes. Uh, one of the things that really kind of struck me about this is that this video is actually, uh, it's not a recent video. This is something that happened in February and is just now kind of coming to light. So the apology that he gave there shortly after was a response to the outcry and backlash of others. And then what you witnessed as you, as, as you would, you know, you would normally expect was that all of the celebrities, you know, they, they caped up and defended this pedophilic behavior. Uh, you had you had Cardi B typing in that, that you know this this is not bad. She was a child of abuse. She understood this. Uh, th what that child dealt with was not abuse. She would she would be the one to know. She's a mom. Uh, so all, again, they're, they're caping up to the defense of the Dalai Lama rather than standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves. This child who may have innocently went to hug the Dalai Lama and then was brought up on the stage for all of the rest of the behavior that the whole world witnessed. And I, I know we're speculating, but what could they use as, what's the motivation? What, 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 is this some, what, what good was he supposed to be promoting there? What was, other than sexual immorality, what was he trying to accomplish with that? So if you view the Dalai Lama as just someone who's so pure, so innocent, uh, if because of this vow of you know, celibacy and, and forbidding to marry, if you view that in only its purest sense, then you're thinking, oh, well, what's just a kiss? You know, what's just a kiss? And even I think as, as was suggested in the apology is, oh, you know, he was just kind of joking around, you know, as far as the suck my tongue. Like, you know, he just says that just jokingly. But we sit and witness it. And, and I, you know, if, if that's what she says, you know, as Virgil points out, I don't know of any parent that, uh, you know, their child you know, grows up. And yet, yeah, yeah, we'll let our child kiss some other adult on the lips in front of us and, you know, go in to suck their tongue and then the clip stops. So I don't know if that takes place or what. Um, but but that's the only thing that I could see is we view him or for those who view him as just so pure and so innocent. There can't be anything wrong or sexual about this. This is just innocence. Um, but it's not. And, and, and I'm I'm with I'm with Virgil and, and, and anybody that can see this with their eyes. Uh, I'll, I'll share this. I was talking with somebody the other day about this and uh, they were like, well, what what can anybody say? Like, what's the big deal with this? We see it and it's wrong. And I had to explain to them we live right now in a world that's so backwards that we literally have to say about something like this, that we can see that is disgusting, that this is wrong. We have to identify that it may seem, you know, obvious to people who have sense. But because of where we live, I mean, we get, you know, genders confused. We get identities confused. We do now have to literally say, no, this is wrong and this is abusive to children. Virgil, I've been making the argument to friends in private for a solid 10 years on this show since its inception. Uh, we're going to see the legalization of pedophilia in my lifetime uh -huh. and in our lifetime. And, and people say I was crazy. I, I'm not calling anyone out. I'm just telling you facts. I, was, I can remember a year ago, I'm, not, I'm a big Megyn Kelly fan, but I remember being on her show and, and saying to her, 
well, what's next? They're, they're gonna, they're going to legalize pedophilia. Oh, don't, that's a bridge too far, that's a bridge too far. And I mean, this was a year, year and a half ago. And she was just adamant that like, that was crazy talk. And, and I watch stuff like this and I see where we've gone in the last year and a half with the draft. And, and I, I feel they're working to legalize and normalize pedophilia. What do, is the church have a strategy? G3 ministry, anybody, is it, how are we going to address and or stop this? Yeah, you, you, I, I think you're spot on with, with that assessment, with that, that, that thought process in mind. I, I, will say, I will say this, Jason, one of the keys to knowing that that's what's taking place, that there's an agenda in place, uh, one of the keys to knowing that and recognizing that is, is the deconstruction of language. So one of the first things that those who are on the left attempt to do is they, they intend to deconstruct the language and then reconstruct it in a way that's advantageous for their purpose. We saw this with, the, with, the, with so-called same-sex marriage. Uh, marriage was always recognized in culture as the, as the uniting of, of a man and a woman in the covenant bond of, of marriage uh, and, and a covenant union for, for, for a lifetime. And so what the left did and those who wanted to advance the LGBTQ agenda, what they did was they wanted to change language. So they deconstructed, well, marriage can be, so they're deconstructing, and then they're telling you what the framework will be. So they reconstruct it so that it fits their parameters. This is exactly what we're doing with the issue of pedophilia with, with the language of minor attracted persons. Right. So so now it's no longer pedophiles. It's no longer pedophilia. It's minor attracted persons and they normalize this behavior. So what we've witnessed is the deconstruction of language only to see the reconstruction of a of finding a, a place in culture where the embarrassment and shame that should be attached to pedophilia is now minimized by language of minor attracted persons. And so that's what we're seeing. And so the re one of the reasons why you saw Hollywood and celebrities cape up for, and others for the Dalai Lama, even, even there were even people who were uh, doing so on news shows on CNN. The reason why, why they're defending this is because they recognize that the agenda of the LGBTQIA plus uh, 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 mafia, right, the alphabet mafia, are going in this direction. Uh, and as a result, they've got to defend it. So when they see it outright on video for, for all to see, they have to minimize it. Oh, it's not that bad. It's not what you think. Your natural inclination to recoil when you witness something like that is being attacked by those folks who are saying, oh, this is not, this is normal. Just relax. I mean, you're the one with the issue. It's not that big a deal to the point Anthony made. This, this is normal. This is, the, the Dalai Lama is pure. He's not, there's no problem with this. Last thing I'll say about, about this, Jason, is, is you know, one of, the, one of the ideas that, that around this that's really being, that's really being amplified is, is this is normal. This is normal behavior and, and everyone should embrace this behavior. We, you asked what we were doing. We need to do exactly what, what we're doing on this show, addressing the issue and shouting it from the rooftops. That's why when I, when I started in my opening, I said, this man needs to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of whatever law is available for them to do so. And, and he and others around him need to be investigated for not only what's going on in front, but what's actually taking place behind the scenes. Anthony, we'll end on this note. Uh, you've said it several times on this show, the whole perversion of love is love. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I hear, when, every time you say it, I hear what they're basically saying is anything that you find pleasure, you find pleasure in. Mm -hmm. Pleasure is pleasure is what they're really saying. Yeah. And so if, if, if you having intercourse with a dog brings you pleasure, that's just love. That's it. And it, so it's, it's perversion. So exactly what Virgil said and what I've been saying, when we change the definition, when we deconstruct language, and when we move the goalposts, when we move the context in which things are. There was an interview or so last week where someone who was trans was trying to explain that this is a biblical concept. And, and anybody that comes against that, where is the love your neighbor? So now even to rebuke, even to call, you know, this stuff wrong 
is now I'm not even loving my neighbor. And I'm asking who's loving this kid with the love of the Lord and who is going to be man enough and strong enough to call this wrong. Um, It it, it needs to be done. Thank you, guys. Uh, Great job, as always. Uh, Today is Wednesday, so we should be playing Harmony, uh, not tomorrow. And uh, we'll play some Harmony, and we'll see you tomorrow. So divided, stop fighting and stand tall. We used to be a nation, one united. Now we're headed for a downfall. God let your light shine down. What we need more than anything. Tell us Cause together we're so much